Martin's decor, not his personal decor, the room decor has, has been minimized. It has been. It seems like there's less stuff in the room. There used to be a rug, and now the rug is on your body. <laughs> so... <laughs> Are you okay? Is this still a good time to record? Or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, um, for everyone who's very confused and listening like, what's wrong with Martin's study? It's the fact that I've arrived unannounced, shirtless to record. And there's a very good reason for that. And it's actually follow-up for this episode. From the last episode, uh, listeners may recall that I was absent. And in that time, my two lovely co-hosts decided to impersonate me. <laughs> I don't recall that happening. Yeah, it did happen. Yeah. Loved it. It was great. And there was one thing about, Martin's all about the heart out. He has to go. Right? <laughs> you might recall that. I recall that. <laughs> yeah. Now, there are two reasons for the heart outs, I have to say, which have occurred. First one is generally at this time of a Sunday afternoon, we end up heading to a family event. So it's like, got to run. The other reason is that I don't know if you two realize the temperature sacrifice that I make in this room every time we record. It's about 30 degrees outside. I have to have that door closed because Max asleep. I can't open the window for noise and I can't turn my fan on. Mm -hmm. So every time we record, I lose all bodily fluids to this desk chair. Just hope you're grateful for that. So now you get to see the full felled, at least the top half. So is the bottom half in a similar state of undress? No, because then I would stick to the chair. I actually have shorts on. Okay, okay. Well, that is that is some relief. But uh, okay, center stage did the right thing by us that time. It didn't, it didn't try and pan down. <laughs> did you actually miss me? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? It was weird and and it was strange when there's when somebody is away. It's it's just it's odd. Yeah. But it was a great episode. I loved hearing it as a non participant oh. or a bit of a weirdo it was great mm. and the fact that i could just drop my little bit at the end mm. so convenient mm. and even yeah. that we, we couldn't leave that alone we had to interrupt mm -hmm. you even with that your little monologue yeah yeah i was actually to be honest i was amused and mildly annoyed yeah i thought you yeah, would be but, <laughs> so. why i did it <laughs> No, no, it, it was like 95% amusement and 5%, oh, oh, but it's funny. That's okay. Yeah. So, well done. I I wasn't <laughs> expecting that and it happened. I was like, well, there we go. Okay. Right. So, it was Andrew's fault because it was Jason's voice, right? Yes. Yes. But Jason didn't know. It wasn't- Yeah, I thought, Jason. I sliced that out of context. And then you provided the perfect segue into the context again. So, it was like just yeah, it's meant that, to be. That got cut from before- it, it, mm. The Seinfeld thing, and then yep. you said Seinfeld, and it was like, oh boy. <laughs> as soon as I heard you say that, I was like, oh no, he's going to put it in there. As oh, yep, there it is. Okay. <laughs> Where have you been? What have you seen? What are you doing? What's new? How have you changed? Have I changed? Well, yeah. I'm not wearing shirts anymore. That's for start. No. <laughs> no, it was really good. So thanks to listeners for tolerating my absence i suppose no it was a work <laughs> trip it was a work trip i was with uh, my team over in aotearoa new zealand and it was a bit of a site tour 
for the company I work with, um, steel manufacturing sites, doing a lot of video, photo and interview work. And it was really cool because we got to see some stuff around the North Island, but also all of this behind the scenes uh, industrial stuff that even as an employee of the company, I didn't really know very well. So cool stuff happens over there and it was a good trip and you two got to have some fun in my absence. And I made sure to take some photos that didn't really have so much to do with the work and pop them on my glass account. So if you want to see some molten iron and steel and slag material, you know where to go. So cool. And that one where they're like drawing the wire. Oh, I love that. Mm. Love that. Well, that doesn't happen as much over here, at least uh, the sites that I normally see. So that was cool to witness. I love a good wire drawing. I'm not, I'm not sure it was cool. I think it was more choice, bro. Oh, sweet is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you to our New Zealand based listeners for still, you know, sticking with us. Do we ha- do we have confirmation that we have any listeners from New Zealand? <laughs> I believe we have at least one. Okay. I'm thinking I'm thinking Miraz from Micro.blog may may tune in from time to time. Uh, up until this certainly segment. Certainly hoping so. Yeah, well, yeah, we Not after post this segment it's over, but okay. I'm trying to think I'm I'm spinning my mind trying to think rapidly think of another Kiwi thing I could say. Maybe it's best that that you don't. <laughs> I, I can't even do it. I, it's somehow funnier <laughs> thinking about the two of you impersonating another accent as though you couldn't understand it <laughs> oh we understand it we just you know like to point it out <laughs> okay so we've got photos from martin from new zealand which everybody can see and what was there any other new zealand tidbits that you'd like to share before we traverse out of Travel Corner. Um, given we've spoken about coffee before, I want to give a big shout out to the baristas of the North Island. Mm. Uh, we did not have one bad coffee mm. in the country. Wow. Hot, consistent. Even if the beans were different, it was just super, super smooth. So uh, big shout out. Thank you, New Zealand, for awesome coffee. This year for One Prime Plus... We've changed it up. Yes. We've got bonus episodes. We've got new stickers, new stickers for 2023 even. Mm -hmm. So if you're a previous One Prime Pluser, there's new stickers to get. And I know everybody wants them. Not sure how to get them to you yet, but I'll figure that out. We do live events. uh, Not, I wouldn't say regularly, but pretty often. Yep. We do movie watches as a group where we basically all just talk over a movie and ruin it. And it's fun. And it's guaranteed guaranteed to happen in a time zone inconvenient to you because of the global nature. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because of the nature of there being hemispheric views, mm. um, it will almost never be in the correct time zone, no matter what time we pick to do it. Shout out to our listeners from Great Britain and Samoa. Thank <laughs> yes, you. Yes. Yeah. They, they get screwed How's pretty that 4 regularly. 4 a.m. time so. slot. Yes. Not great. Two new people have signed up since we last Two. recorded an episode. Jeez. Who are these people? So I want to thank, mm-hmm. coming in big time with the double J's, mm. Jonathan J. Jonathan J. Welcome to One Prime Plus. That is fantastic. We also have potentially potentially a famous author. I thought was maybe dead, but who knows what's going on here. But I thank them anyway. We have a Harper L. Thank you for joining One Prime Plus. This is amazing. Two new members. One Prime Plus, just, you know, we're going to, this is a moonshot. 
we're, we're going outside the hemispheric views the way this is going. We're going to be planetary views. It's any day now, any day now. Actually, you know, I'm, I'm going to do something. First of all, thank these two new subscribers. I'm going to do something that's, again, like the shirt thing, completely atypical for me. Oh, boy. RTRO in New Zealand's clearly changed me. Mm. I'm going to throw out something in the process of recording and actually ask listeners what they want, One Prime Plus people, right? Jason, Andrew, you're not a big fan of writing newsletters, right? Uh, no. No. So... Up until now, newsletter hasn't gone out. I'm going to put it to One Prime Plus people, and I could be completely shot down and refused. I want to know, do you want a One Prime Plus newsletter, Hemispheric News, only from Martin? <laughs> Ooh. Because I'll do it. Bonus. I love wow. that. I will, I will do a newsletter, which people, it'll just be like, oh, what happened to the other two hosts? Yeah, they're not here anymore. It's no. just Martin. It's just so. Him. <laughs> Head into the Discord channel for members, One Prime Plus, and say yay or nay to just an email from Martin <laughs> in your inbox every so often. <laughs> and not even in a newsletter format. It will literally be, you'll all be CC'd on the same email. <laughs> and there'll be no less than 14 different font sizes in the email. It'll be the foot times. <laughs> yeah. Ford, forward, yeah, forward, the, the- forward, forward, forward. Well, we'll see how the format goes. That might be a little bit too far for me. But yeah. <laughs> Um, so, one prime plusians, have your vote. Drop a comment in, and uh, we'll see if there'll be the Feld-only newsletter. I would also just caveat that with if you have other things that you've seen, you're like, oh, this other show does this interesting thing mm. that I like. Mm. Let us know. Like, we're more than welcome for ideas for what people want. Oh, I just um, had an idea. Had, well, had, it wasn't my idea. It was something that somebody suggested, and then we haven't enacted it. But I think we could. And that is mm. that mm. is a live stream of our actual recording. Mm. We got audio hijack. We could pump in a live block. Do you have audio hijack? And That's true. That can just mm. Let's think stream of that. out. And if people want to listen mm. to it, they can. If they don't, it's fine. I'll have to wear a shirt to that. No, it's okay. audio only. It's audio only. Oh, good point. <laughs> yeah, the the video one is is our OnlyFans. That'll be up later this month. So look forward to that. Well, the way yeah, the way Martin's going, this is definitely. OnlyFans material. Yeah. Now, let's finish this off the way we used to finish this off. We haven't done it in a while. Okay, here we go. OnePrimePlus.com. It's in the game. Beautiful. Man, that brings back the memories. So you got to change the schedule for how we're recording, so I'm going to change it now. (laughs) Whatever. Right? Yeah. Martin doesn't care anymore. He's shirtless. He's he's sitting outside by a fire. He's got a big machete. He's just he's he's a changed man. So he doesn't care anymore. Do whatever you want. He used to be the foot. He he says, you know what? (laughs) Screw the foot. I'm not the foot anymore. Look at that. Um, We're talking about the show. I just wanted to quickly touch on reviews. Reviews for this show. That's a thing people can do. They can review the show. So I happen to be looking at uh, the old Apple Podcasts, because that seems to be, for some reason, the only place people can review podcasts. But I can only see the U.S. store, which is pretty annoying. Mm-hmm. So you really don't have an idea of what your global listeners are looking at. But anyway, I'm looking at the U.S. store, and we had seven reviews for the longest time. And I don't want to brag, but like seven's pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Like seven reviews. Come on. Totally. Come on, NPR, step it up to to our level. You know what I'm saying? So then I look and I say, wait a minute, that number is not seven. That number is now eight. What? Eight reviews in the U.S. Of a 
not App Store, whatever it's called, uh, uh, podcast place. iTunes. iTunes. And another five stars. So we are eight for eight five stars in the U.S. Wow. iTunes, whatever the hell it's called. So I'm pretty stoked about that. I would love for it to be like more than eight. That would be cool. I think like 80 would be nice. So feel free to jump in there and five star that thing. But it made me wonder, what is it in the Australian uh, podcast thingy? And then I would also further like to ask listeners from wherever you may be that is not the US or Australia, because I have access to both of those. What do we got going on review wise, if anything, in these other stores? I want to know. So I'm looking here at the Australian Apple Podcasts preview for our show. And I can see five out of five, eight ratings, Mm -hmm. two reviews. Two reviews. And one of them looks highly suspicious. I see three reviews. So that's interesting. Wait, you have eight out of eight as well. Oh, no, wait, there are three. Sorry, I was cropped because of my window. Okay. But, yeah, I stand by the fact that one of the reviews is highly suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> one of them is. That is absolutely true. Because I thought I could delete it. You cannot. Turns out. So, yeah, for anyone looking, one of the hosts on this show reviewed the show. Seems fine. I did. I was... I was testing it, and I thought I could remove it. Hang on, and hang on, hang on. That means can't. that means two. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that means two of the. Two Are of you the kidding hosts. me? <laughs> so did you, Jason? Did you do the Jump JC one? No, no, that's not. No, I know who that is. Jump JC. Because I thought that was someone else. But Andrew, you've done the AC Splinky one, right? Yes. Oh, so Jason, you've done a review on the in US the, version. in the US store. Yes. Oh my god! So you've both like <laughs> influenced yes. the whole. Yes, so, absolutely. So, therefore, Martin, stop oh, criticizing geez. us. It should be us criticizing you because you're the odd man out. What, for being ethical and transparent? No, what you should have done is when you were in New Zealand, you should have went to the New Zealand store and gave a five-star <laughs> review. Of course. All right. I apologize to both of you. I'll head back on the, you know, soonest Qantas flight. Please do. Uh, to leave an NZ review. Yeah. But actually, this is something I don't think we've done before, or at least not for ages. I don't think we've ever actually asked for reviews and ratings. And it's kind of a, it's been a common thing for people to do over time. Mm. And I'd love people to review the show and not because I want people to give us a good score or, you know, put us up in the charts. You two probably, I mean, we don't really care about could that. Could not give any less I can't imagine we would ever charts. hit any chart. No. no. There's no chart. No, but I love the idea. If you do have the time to leave a review, if you happen to listen with Apple Podcasts or whatever, I would actually just love to see people's honest feedback. And the way that people express it is sometimes quite funny or pithy in that short space. So if you feel like leaving a review just to let us know what you think, and maybe you're not as active on Mastodon or Discord or whatever, it'd be much appreciated because- you know, I'd be curious. So I think that's I think that's you. part of the issue. Um, we had a funny review on Mastodon, actually, which I prompted them. They should go put that in the Apple Podcast <laughs> review. <laughs> but I think when you look at just what players people are using, almost none of the people listening to this show are using Apple Podcasts to begin with. Mm. So it's sort of just this weird disconnect of you want to review it, or maybe, you, maybe I'll say maybe you want to review it, but like how do you do that? Because then your steps would be go get this player that's not great, resubscribe to a thing that you already have in your other player, 
figure out how to even do a review mm. and then leave. It's just like, it's a, it's a big ask for people that don't use the player. Yeah. That's part of my curiosity though, because yeah. we're already within this tech niche yeah. or tech adjacent niche. And then the people who listen to the show are generally within this overcast slash Castro slash pocket like cast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then there are people out there who are using things like Apple podcasts who maybe we don't hear from as much. So I'm just curious. Could be, yeah. They'd be like, who are these guys? And why do I keep, you know, tuning in every fortnight? Jeez. <laughs> I could have consumed all these, you know, fine texts or something. Well, if you know. want to give a review, please do. We would appreciate it. Thank you. And Martin, you mentioned us being tech adjacent. Hmm. Yes. So, so let's get into some tech adjacency, shall we? Computers in early school. Mm. Mm-hmm. I believe you dominated this topic. Now, early school, so for Martin, that was about five years ago. <laughs> for, me, for me, it was about 30 years ago. So we've got a little bit of a, a disconnect, but it'll be interesting to see what, what comes out of this. So talk us through it, Martin. What, what, what computers were you using back in your early days of school? I'm actually glad this topic came up. And I think I threw a product in, but then maybe Jason developed it into yes. this. Yeah. So yeah. what happened okay, was, right. okay, sorry. M- Martin was talking about one of the computers and it just sort of, and it sort of, it made me immediately go to like, what was I using mm. in that time frame? Because I'm sure they would be very different. Um, and then that's sort of where this exploded from. Mm. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you extended it because when I was thinking about it, it really clicked in my head this why I have a preference or use the things that I do. Because at home, and I think I've covered this in other conversations, we were using a Power Macintosh 6500, I think it was, on System the 8. The Mac, right? No, no, no. It was like one of the tower ones, like oh, in right, the right, Power right. Macintosh yep. tower, and it had the extended keyboard and stuff. And I loved that, and that was normal for me. I thought, this is a computer. This is quality or the reality of how we use this stuff. At school, there was a mix of what I think were those kind of either beige or light gray HP and Dell computers Mm. that had something like Windows 98 and then 2000 on them. Mm -hmm. But then on the other side of the room were these two or three old school by that stage micro B computers, which were these Australian made computers that were specifically targeted at education. So we had limited use for those ones. There were some kind of learning apps on them, but I remember playing, I think it was Microspace Invaders, it was called. (laughs) They were like kind of ripoffs and there was like asteroid or asteroids or something. They just stole the game and put micro in front of it. (laughs) Pretty much. Asteroid probably. Yeah. This is micro (laughs) Pac-Man. Okay. It's like he's even smaller and harder to track on the screen. So, yeah, so the micro bees were kind of fun, but they were really the niche side thing. The whole experience was through these Windows computers. And I loved being in there because we used to have very specific computer lessons with a guy called Mr. Costigan. He was brilliant. Like he was committed as a computer teacher. And we used to go in there and use things like Corel Word Perfect and learn about proper document formatting, how to use tables, spreadsheets, navigating intranets and the internet, even typing tutors. I think I've mentioned before when we've done the typing Mm. stuff, we did actual sit-down typing lessons. Mm -hmm. So that was great. I loved that as a compliment to what was going on at home, but it really showed me, wow, Windows 
is crap. So it's cemented my view of this is what I have at home and that's refined. And this is fun and good to learn at school, but I don't like mm. this. Everything was clunky and wrong in key ways. So that was my primary school computer experience. And just to 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 on the micro micro B. Yeah. You said that was an Australian that's an Australian brand that was like was that like a I don't want to say clone, but was that one of just another company like trying to get into the computer game or or like what was what was micro B? Andrew might have more info on this. And I think David H in mm. our Discord suggested a podcast to listen to about this. And I only got through part of it, so I haven't brought mm. research with me. I don't want to do that injustice. So we can include that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Thanks, David. From what I understood already, micro B was originally by a company or was originally named Applied Technology or something. Mm. And then they rebranded to use that name. And it was more something that was in the 80s. So by the time that I started school in the late 90s, they were kind of around, but not many of them. Okay. Got it. I have to say, though, I looked at at it a little bit. And that logo, oh, that is a good, good logo. It's that nice, isn't it? B with that orange. Oh, I love that Because that was the orange of the screen as well. Mm. So it matched in because it was the mm. text-based screen. Oh, that's even better. So then. it's the that orange screen. amazing. You get- nice. I remember they were nicely made. Like they were old by the time I got there, but I remember they had that kind of all-in-one mm. feeling mm. that Apple kind of became famous for. Yep. Mm. Okay. Yep. The micro B. And the micro B was it was that like a tower or was it like kind of one of those all in one y looking sort of deals or it was all in one I think I don't think it had like a pizza box bottom did it it was it, it did sit on something or it came out I think yeah so like the monitor kind of sat on top of a CPU piece like an Apple II looking yeah, kind of thing I think so okay Five. Mm. yeah. It's a long time ago. Yeah, so it was kind of like a little, uh, like the the keyboard came out and the screen sat on top of it. So mm. it had that kind of two-ish look to it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I remember correctly. I think transition transition to Andrew then, because, I mean, it sounds like, I think Micro B was probably yeah, so, part of your- So I was struggling with this, really struggling to mm. remember, because it was so long ago. Um, so long so ago. long ago and i think i maybe how do we even count that high know, maybe i actually predated computers maybe i don't computers, have a memory of computers because yeah. they were no such things in the school they were yeah, so rare. abacus only yeah i do yeah. remember my first touch typing lessons were on a mechanical typewriter and and hitting hmm. the a key was very difficult because of the power needed on the pinky to really slam Ooh. that a down to get the the you know the, the key to pop forward so mm-hmm. that, i'm that old and also, I had my mm-hmm. no, school didn't have a lot of money, so I don't think they were flashing around buying new computers. Um, yeah, did you have ink wells? That <laughs> 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 we 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 did use uh, fountain pens when we got to year seven, so that was Ooh. that was something. So you didn't have quills. You didn't have a quill. No, I didn't have quill. Okay. Didn't have just checking. And didn't have chalkboards. Personal chalkboards. Hedwig didn't come flying through the window <laughs> recess or something. No. <laughs> so I think we had, I think we did have some microbees, but the more I think about it, because it, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's a couple, but I don't have great memories. I remember my sister talking about him. She went to a different school, and I feel like she had the microbee experience more strongly than I did. So I think maybe it might have just been an IBM XT kind of deal, you know, 
you know, just the DOS-based approach to those computers. And hmm. what I have memories of is I have memories of crappy, crappy apps and and hating school computing because it was so fundamentally boring. <laughs> the one I remember being most boring was Turtle. Oh, Turtle, yes. It's like, oh, mate. And and it wasn't like I think now I think Turtle is still around, but it's actually robots that drive around on the floor these days, something like that. But in 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 like back when we were doing it, it was it was just a plot on a screen, and it was like wow, I could make this little graphic go up to right to big f and deal, so boring. <coughs> turtle graphics, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Was it called Turtle Graphics? I think so. We just used to call it Turtle. Used to call it yeah. a piece of crap. Um, and you, he would like, you'd draw a triangle yeah. or like, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Boring. Um, <laughs> and then like used a lot of print master making signs, did some programming to turbo Pascal. That was the programming language of choice. And if you want to know more about all this, I've suddenly realized that I've talked to Martin about this before on lounge Rubinator episode 028, where I talk about oh. my, my origin story of computers. So I feel like I'm sort there of we entering into ground that's Full already circle. been covered. But check out that episode, <laughs> Lounge Ruminator, episode 28. I believe it's called A Potted Computer History. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought this up because you actually shared that with someone on micro.blog recently who I think joined the network. Yep. And then they mentioned to me that you suggested it. And I went, oh, I remember doing that. I'm going to go and check it out. So I didn't re-listen to the whole thing because I didn't have time, but I stuck on the first five or 10 minutes and it was actually oddly nostalgic because <laughs> if no one's listened to it, this is actually, no, seriously, this is just back in 2020, I think. Yeah. So it's not a long time, yeah. but given everything that's happened, the whole pandemic, our recording, the way this podcast's gone on, different side projects, friendship through micro.blog, all these other people who listen, Discord goes on and on. It's like, this is the conversation before we actually knew each other properly. Mm. And I recall it was the episode that Jason kind of jumped on the bandwagon with, let's do something. And then we had our pilot. Mm. So if it hadn't have been for that episode, we wouldn't have this show. That's, that's wild. That's the origin story. It was weird. Wow. It was weird to actually listen to it and go, oh, how's it going, Andrew? No worries, Martin. I don't yet know that you're afoot, but nice to meet you. It's kind of- <laughs> At least you're wearing a shirt. The foot will reveal itself. Yeah. Yeah. Two years- I've let myself go since then. Two years then. later and yeah. he's not bothering with his shirt. And- Two years later, no yeah. shirt, just can't be bothered. <laughs> Whatever. And can I say another thing? You said Turbo Pascal, right? Yeah. I'm glad you said Pascal and you actually in the notes have put it underneath Printmaster, right? Which, as you've written, I assume correctly for the brand, has a capital P and a capital M. I believe so. Yes. I might be wrong. Now, I just wanted to mention what I thought. No, no, no. What I, I It doesn't matter to me whether you're right or wrong. It's just the way that you've written it reminded me. Like, you too, and I think some of our listeners have gathered that I like things to be correct, mm. right? Yes. I mean- You've got that vibe. <laughs> Yeah. Prior bit. prior to today, yes. I don't know about going forward. We'll see. <laughs> Your last episode changed me. The listening experience was just too influential. But it reminded me, I was listening to ABC Radio in the car, the local Illawarra station, I think on the way home from work, and they were having a discussion and someone said, oh, da, 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 this thing is in camel case. And you know what camel case is where you have a capital letter in the middle of a word. Mm. And the person said, well, actually, and I thought this was uh, correcting even beyond my standards or, you know, I was like, wow, 
this is uh, in your face. They said, I believe you'll actually find that's Pascal case because Pascal <laughs> case is capital at the front or an earlier capital with another capital there. Whereas what you're talking about is the camel where it's just, and I was like, wow. And the fact that you've put the word Pascal after Pascal case as an example within our show notes, I couldn't resist <laughs> mentioning that. If you're going to well actually somebody on Pascal case, like you need to really look inside yourself and see what's going on. But I loved it. But they were like, oh, thanks. I've learned something. It wasn't an aggressive thing. It was just, well, let's clear this up for the listeners on ABC radio that there's a difference between Pascal and Cameron. Even Martin hears that and he's like, this guy's a dick. He's like, well, that's like maybe save it like for off off air or something. But I thought it was great. Oh, that is amazing. I love it. Pascal case. Okay. <clears throat> well, <laughs> now it's Jason's turn, I think. Yeah, I my past memory is is not a surprise. I don't fully remember. So I had to sort of start looking at Wikipedia a little bit to see where the dates lined up. Mm-hmm. I very much remembered it being well, the first computer in school that I remember using. I'll say that. Mm. There very well could have been something before that. Don't remember it, so did it really happen? We don't know. But the very first one was an Apple computer. I very distinctly mm-hmm. remember that, playing playing games, doing typing tests, doing those kinds of things. And so I immediately thought it was an Apple II. Mm-hmm. But looking at the timeline of the Apple II, uh, two th- there's two things that could have happened here. Either we never upgraded our computers, so we, we were using super old Apple IIs, Probably like possible. Probably likely, mm-hmm. given that computers of that time were like, we don't need to spend money on this. Computers are dumb, right? Like everybody thought computers were stupid. Yeah. So that's probably what happened. Or it was what do I have here? An Apple IIe, which was a later model of the Apple II. Uh, so mm. either one, it could have been. I'm not sure. No one will ever know. But it was definitely an Apple II-ish kind of thing. And I just remember that being like my favorite part of the day every week of going to computer class and getting through the the boring typing stuff. Wasn't super into that, obviously, where they'd put like a shoebox over your hand. So yeah, you we had the tea towels. Yeah. <laughs> so we did like there was you had to bring a shoebox that was cut out on one side to stick over the, the keyboard so you couldn't see your hands. Mm. Um, but then after you finished your lessons, you got free time to do whatever you wanted. So you'd you'd bang through all of your typing stuff to get it done as soon as possible so you could play Oregon Trail. Mm. Like that was it. It was all about Oregon Trail and getting to the point where you could do the hunting because that was like the skill part. You had to be really good at getting that thing to angle right and understand <laughs> how the bullets were going to go to like hit the little deer or whatever. Like that was the skill part. And that was where like if you were good at the hunting part, like you were good at Oregon Trail. You may have like a broken leg, dysentery, <laughs> uh, your, your wagon is complete shit. But if you could hunt, like you yeah. were the guy. <laughs> for sure. So I remember that very fondly. Oh. Jason, I have a question for you. Yeah. I'm starting to wonder if this time in your life was so influential that your life leading up to your more recent move has just been one big Oregon Trail. It's absolutely true. Yes. It very much could be why I live in Oregon mm. now. <laughs> it's quite possible. Do you have dysentery? I mean, I haven't checked lately, but we don't. it's possible. <laughs> I don't know. I feel okay today. I feel pretty good. 
Yeah. Very good. But quickly, just back, I don't want to drag this topic on forever, but I think, Martin, you mentioned your computer teacher being like really uh, like just dedicated dedicated and like into it. Yeah. And that is something I've always remembered is there have been some of my favorite teachers, or I would say most of them really, Mm. were in the computer realm in some Mm. way. And like always... They just got you in a way that other teachers didn't get you. Mm, okay. Because you were that kind of kid. You were like into technology. It was still pretty new. But they they knew that like this is what excited you. It wasn't it wasn't math. It wasn't, you know, math and science were fine. Like you liked them. That mm. was okay. History, whatever. But like when you got into computer class, like you were fully attentive. You wanted to be there the whole day. Yep. And I just, I, I have so many memories of various computer teachers from early on up through high school of of just them going the extra, not even going the extra mile or kilometer, going the extra 10 miles, 20 miles, like just doing whatever it took to get you what you needed in that class. I, it's just, it's it's an interesting, when you connect, yeah, I feel like art, art, People probably have that with like art teachers and and various other types mm. of, of disciplines. But for me, computers was definitely it. And like in high school, I remember like one of my early high school jobs was with my computer teacher, like running cat five through people's houses to like, you know, do, like as a side business. That was a thing that we would Andrew do. Andrew was doing that as part of his vocational mechanics course, repairing <laughs> cars, if you yes, recall. exactly. Cat 5 car repair, exactly. <laughs> and that yeah. probably came from his computer teacher because that's what their car probably looked like. And he's like, I get it. Look back in the One Prime Plus archive, anyone who's uh, confused. Bluebird, baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. And I think the best uh, teachers then and these days realize, and I don't want to get too academic here, but this reminds me of something that I read by a media ecologist called Neil Postman. Hmm. He said that, and this is decades ago, he was writing this in the 70s, that it's not enough just to teach English or maths or whatever. People have to be taught in the context of technology, whether it's a pen or a table or a computer or any other kind of tool, everything is being transmitted and consumed Mm. through technology or media. They're synonymous in this discipline, right? If you had a decent computer teacher, they were teaching technology in context. You would have been learning how to navigate documents or websites or do formulas or whatever it's not just a tool for the sake of the tool it's integrated into learning and i see this with natasha all the time it's different these days where when i was you know being taught by mr costigan and the computer was more of a specialist tool in a room at least that's how it was viewed these days people like natasha are managing fleets of ipads that have to be in the room and we're saturated by it so where i think maybe people were dismissive in the early days because it was like Oh, that's a niche tool. Now people are dismissive because it's like, oh, everyone has a phone. Kids are digital natives, quote unquote. They'll learn it. So it's kind of apathy or laziness from a lot of people when you should be, this should be the core of stuff. And I think you got that enthusiasm when you were at school, Jason, because that teacher understood this is something that engages kids and they can learn with effectively if it's taught properly. 
Yeah. And it wasn't about right or wrong. That was the one thing that was always at the core of everything. So one just quick example. Yeah. I remember being in a class where we were doing, I think it was visual basic programming, if I remember right. Okay. Um, which I'm sure everybody remembers visual basic. Woo. But the whole class became every student eventually started figuring out how to use the programming language to, in effect, attack a different classmate's computer <laughs> through the network. Oh. <laughs> and so it became this little, like, arms race of, like, who could kind of sub- get into the other person's machine and, like, do things via Visual Basic. And, like, eventually the teacher was, like, obviously knows what's going on. But instead of being, like, no, you're doing – you're not following the lesson. Like, you're doing it wrong. They just flipped the whole thing and were, like, no, this is now – what the lesson is like, let's figure out a way to turn this into like a learning experience of like not only attack, but defense. (laughs) So it kind of became this like security thing, which was just like, no one, everybody expected that we were going to get in trouble and they were going to shut it down and we'd be like done. But the fact that they could see what was happening and how we loved what was happening, but then turned it back into learning Mm was just like that makes so much more sense than trying to just say no you must be in this stupid box because that's what the curriculum states like yeah yeah, that was just that was really really great for me and i think just an inspirational thing to say like hey everything's not just right or wrong like there's different perspectives on things so like let's figure out a way to use this as a learning opportunity so do you use the cringeworthy term that governments and news media like to employ Mm. you and your generation are actually the origin of cybercrime you were taught at school to engage in cybercrime yeah i guess so (laughs) it's white hat hacking but it it worked out all right oh hackers there's a good word i love that on the news whenever they say hacking and cybercrime and suddenly matrix code takes over someone with a hoodie is like hunched over like don't forget the anonymous mask you gotta have the anonymous mask on too because if you don't have that you're not really hacking yeah, when really we know they're just some person eating Cheetos at home or something. Because <laughs> you're trying to see a computer screen, so you want to put a mask on, <laughs> yeah. obviously, <laughs> so they don't see you. <laughs> Martin, you were talking about computers as, as a niche tool, right? Yeah, back in the day, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got another niche tool. <laughs> Ooh. Do you hear that? Ooh. What is that? Ooh, Segway. I hear a Segway. This, my friend, is a Metmo driver. And this came from This is Screwdriver Corner. We have now entered Screwdriver Corner. Oh, I see what you've done. This is Screwdriver Corner. (laughs) Well done. I love Screwdriver Corner. What the hell is that? This thing, I ordered this off a Kickstarter campaign, gosh, probably more than a year ago. Mm -hmm. It was definitely over a year ago, right? It had to have been maybe close to two years ago. And like all Kickstarter stories, you have, there's, there's a cycle of hope, despair, disappointment and supply chain issues (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) and so fun fact no one actually knows how to do building of things at scale no no and they this thing was backed ridiculously they got millions of dollars worth of backing for a screwdriver Mm -hmm. but it's ratcheted so it's like a socket set screwdriver if you could imagine those two things combined and it's glorious it arrived so uh, they it seemed like it was never going to happen. They had all their production issues, you know, making it didn't quite work out the way they thought it was going to go. They had to try again, all those typical things. But eventually mine arrived 
and I was very excited. And it's completely over-engineered. I don't, I, I'm not a handyman. What am I going to do with a screw? I've got a screwdriver. Why do I need this thing? But it's amazing. And it's got this handle. It's a bit like, it reminds me of, of a mechanical play date. Because you can mm. put out the little crank, which gives you a torque. You can put torque on it. So you can hold it and turn that and really get some power into your screw driving. So what are you screwing day to day, Andrew? Well, it's funny you should ask. <laughs> So the the sec, the day after it arrived, I had to take the cover <laughs> off my hot water system, and that had four oh. screwdrivers, four screws that I was able to drive out with this baby when I was looking at the hot water system, and then I looked at it and realised I didn't know what I was looking at, and I screwed the cover back on. <laughs> See, my brother-in-law knows how to install and fix hot water systems, so it's a shame you don't live in Wollongong. We could have helped you. Shame he doesn't live in Perth. Wow. Oh, shoot. This Metmo driver is all rolling good, right? And I was, I just had it sitting on my desk. And then I saw Jason Burke, co-host of Hemispheric Views, put something on one of his many websites somewhere saying, oh, look what I just arrived. This thing, look what just arrived. This thing is amazing. It's my Metmo driver. <laughs> and it was like, come on. We had not talked about this at all. But no. it just goes to show why we are co-hosts of this show, because we are basically <laughs> the same person in different hemispheres. <laughs> he obviously had the same idea, saw the, saw the project, bought it, and he's arrived at a very similar time. So both of us are Metmo driver nerds. Yeah, I love it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a really, really nice tool overall. It did take forever to get here. It's it's a classic Kickstarter story, just like Andrew said. You order it, or, or you back it, rather. It's generally less than a 10% chance that anything you back is going to actually happen. And it's less than 1% that it will hit any kind of timeline that they say. But as long as you go into it understanding that and being like, whatever, if it shows up, great. If not, fine. But this one is one of the rare ones that really met expectations. The build quality is exceptional. Everything about what they promised to deliver is there. And it's a really high quality tool that I've used for like actual building. And it works great. Um, so it's kind of the, the, the unicorn Kickstarter story of somebody said they were going to deliver something and they actually delivered it. I don't know if you can even get these now after the fact, but I haven't looked so far. Super thrilled with it, and I really, really like it. But it was very comical that you're like, "I got one of these too." And I was like, "What? There's no way!" I had no clue that you had ordered this thing seemingly two years ago at the same time I did. Who I think would really enjoy this, and I think he actually commented on the Discord, and I think he was a bit dismissive, which hurt my feelings a little bit. Was that uh, was was David H? in our discord he is the ultimate because he actually builds stuff out of he's wood he's the ultimate handyman right. right yeah if i brought this to him though so let's okay i'm gonna drive up to seattle i'm gonna bring this with me and i'm gonna and i'm gonna show it to him and he's gonna be like okay yes this is actually pretty great once he sees it and uses it he's gonna love it and especially when i show him the the patent from that this is based on mm. from like 1858 or whatever yeah, when he was a child he's gonna, yeah He's exactly. He's gonna love it. Don't yeah. insult our listeners. <laughs> he still he, would that have been Metmo and Son, or Met, they would have been into like body tonics back then, right? For vitality. With yeah, it, it's the same device. It was just made of like uranium. Yes, yeah, because that was yeah. good. And back then you'd then, have yeah. a, every young child needs a dose of uranium. And then you'd have yeah. a, a can of cocaine 
mm-hmm. you know, coke yeah. with That's cocaine. just to take the edge yeah. off. Yeah. But it's really amazing. So, David H., this is not a pregnant Leatherman, okay? It is... It's not. It's really good. I really enjoy it. It's a fine screwdriver. I've used it twice in the last two days. And it takes standard bits. You can just drop in standard bits. I'm just super impressed, Andrew, that you actually used it on something like a hot water system because the way you were playing with it, right, on this call we're having right now, Mm -hmm. I thought this is something that Andrew requested three years ago through Kickstarter to be like a fidget cube. (laughs) Well, it could function well (laughs) as that, actually, because it's got all these clicky bits. That's what I mean. You were kind of like, oh, it's satisfying and it's clicking and it's turning and it's great. And I'm like, is it going to screw anything? Now, the one thing I have to declare is I'm clearly not a handyman. And when it first arrived, I didn't quite understand how it worked. And I did go looking for instructions. Mm. And uh, then I, I had to reset myself and say, Andrew, it's a screwdriver, lefty loosey, righty tighty. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Go from there. That's it. Like, I'm a man. I know how to use a <laughs> screwdriver. I don't need instructions. Yeah. <laughs> you can do the left handed screwdriver thing. <laughs> and that's screwdriver corner. What song are you enjoying the most at the moment? You're trying to make me sing again, aren't you? <laughs> I don't have to try anything. You don't have to try. You'll just sing <laughs> without prompt. Well, top of the canyon charts. What's going on right now? It's funny you should mention that. Have we mentioned? Well, there's two things here. We we have already promoted Voyager and Eurovision again, haven't we? I lose track about whether I've promoted. Uh, not on the show, but we. But in the in the thing. Okay, we have, so yeah. I, so well, congrats to Alex yeah. formally yeah. on the show. I don't know For if we sure. have. Yeah, and I need to mention. He is the composer, the original composer of the really specific stories theme. If you need evidence of quality, go check out his handiwork on and that. And he's got one of these on the mayonnaise. Yeah, his mayonnaise base. <laughs> the stickers. <laughs> and he did the media corner music as well. So That's right. He is everywhere and he's Thanks, So Alex. yeah, he's got his band is going to Voyager, the proper Voyager. I mean, not yeah, yeah. His band Voyager is going to Eurovision. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, Voyager is taking. They're making the voyage to Eurovision. I think that is not the song that you're asking me about. So the song that's at the top of my head at the moment is my little son Benjamin is entered his Teen Titans phase. Okay. Has anybody ever watched Teen Titans? I have not. Okay. There are two songs in Teen Titans that are absolutely incredible. And because I'm hearing them all again, it is... I'm just buying for time because I'm trying to find the song here. Hang on one second. It's okay. I'll just look at Martin naked in the window. It's fine. I've got plenty of stand. At. I can stand up okay. if you want. Okay. Please yeah, do. That's right. I'd love to see what's down below. So, Oh, come on, center stage. You're ruining it. Okay. So so the two songs of Teen Titans. The first, <laughs> the first one is there's a little bit and they keep bringing Santa. And they say, here comes the jolly fat man. Right, so there's that. He's the jolly fat man. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, the real good one, best episode of Teen Titans ever, is when Cyborg talks about his favorite song from the 80s. And it's when the night begins to shine. I see the shadows in your eyes. I can't remember quite the lyrics. I've just I can sing mm. it when he's singing it, <laughs> but I need I need mm. him to be singing it along. I need share play singing. Mm. So, what I'm saying, I really like that. Can you sing another '80s track in that voice? Can you do some Huey Lewis? I would love to hear Andrew doing Huey Lewis. Actually, oh, I, don't, I don't like Huey Lewis. Shut 
Oh, Jason just gave like evil eye. Didn't you? you don't like Huey Lewis. This show is over. Okay. How do you feel, Andrew? How do you feel about the Huey Lewis and Gwyneth Paltrow duet cruising? I like that actually. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, for fuck! So he likes that. <laughs> so off you go. You dance from the corner, caught your. Is he just reading the lyrics or? In a conversation, playing mm-hmm. hard to get, but I can't understand. When I look at you, I see the story in your eyes. When we're dancing, the night begins to shine. Night begins to shine. Night begins to shine. Come on, guys. Night begins to shine. When I was going to ask dancing, if you were like scratched and like on repeat. Do we have to save you at that point? Yeah, it sounds like the needle's skipping and you're just doing the same. <laughs> Till dawn, my heart was racing. Okay, you, uh, you don't even have the music going. I, no. <laughs> I was going to see how long it would go for. I thought it was just going to keep going for like 45 minutes. <laughs> Andrew has been set to party shuffle. <laughs> when hey, I Andrew, play 80s you. music. <laughs> I see the story in your eyes. Mm. Yep, Andrew's broken. When we're dancing, the night begins to shine. Okay. Night begins to shine. So, yeah. Night begins to shine. I think we have our outro. Count us down, Jason. I think so. And Ooh. in three. <laughs> uh, where's my mouse? Ah, oh, it's doing that thing. It's going over to my iPad. Damn it. I promised I wouldn't do that. I promised I wouldn't sing this time, right?